to Blast from the Arsenal. Hello Gooners and thank you for joining us on yet another festive episode of Blast from the Arsenal, your weekly podcast for all things Arsenal. And, as I infamously say on Fake Taxi, this is becoming quite the occurrence. <laughs> I thought you liked that one. Our, uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. No, no, I'm sure our distinguished listeners have, have no idea what the fake taxi reference is, but go and check out Fake Taxi on Google if you're not sure. Um, we are recording our third episode in quick succession, and the download figures would suggest that our listeners are enjoying it. So who are we to argue, Diddley? Hey, who are we to argue? Um, nice. Exactly. In case you're new to this, I'm Angelo, your host, and joining me is the man I've just mentioned, Diddley. How's it going? Hi guys. All right. How are you? I'm 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 very well. You know, life is good for an Arsenal fan for this uh, this short period that we've had. Yeah. I mean, what more could you want? Eat, drink, be merry. Six points, two games. Exactly. It's it's the unwrapped Christmas gift that uh, that you know we didn't ask for, but we got, and we certainly weren't expecting. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, How's uh, your uh... go go? How's your festive diet going, mate? Is it going uh, going well? It's, it's going in one direction. Let's put it that way. And it's uh, it's, it's yeah. It's no, point so, starting, yeah. it's no point starting a diet when you're celebrating. And I don't. No, no. So I couldn't agree more, mate. The only bit of fruit and veg I've eaten in the last week or so is uh, chocolate orange. <laughs> Vitamin C of sorts. Vitamin C. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, look, you, you just got to ride this wave of time off work. You say eat, drink, be merry. You know, enjoying the the Arsenal wins, of which we'll discuss in just a moment. Um, but yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I've had one little problem during this uh, period though. What's that, mate? Uh, I noticed this uh, little beeping sound, and it was going off every sort of. 15 seconds i know it's 15 seconds because i've been counting it right <laughs> it's just this a little electric beep going beep beep but every 15 so seconds <laughs> hunting hunting around the house high and low for this where's this sound coming from any ideas where you think it might have come from um let's have a think i mean i guess the obvious ones are your i don't know your tv or your fridge or your no. phone no. I, I don't know, mate. Put me out of misery. Well, uh, it's a smoke alarm. Oh, yeah, okay. Flat battery. Um, I believe that it's indicating that there's a the battery level is quite low. There's one slight issue, though, Angelo. What's that, mate? <laughs> it's that it's next door's smoke alarm, and the guy's <laughs> gone away for two weeks. So what are you going to do, kick his door in? Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm gonna, I might have to break in, yeah, and uh, could you imagine change his battery. How angry you would be if we hadn't picked up six points in the last two games. Yeah, uh, plus this, yeah. Exactly. Know. Uh, you know, things could have been a lot worse. So, um, you know, let's keep winning, and hopefully the battery just dies out and goes flat, and there's no fire, and everyone's happy. But yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, talking of things that sound like they're broken, we sound like a broken record because. I'm going to remind everyone not to forget to subscribe to our podcast so that they never miss an episode when we do these. You know, I have a little notification come up saying, Angelo and Diddley have got a new podcast for you to listen to. So make sure you, you subscribe. 
And also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. As we say, it's always the social hub of all our activities. Uh, Diddley, what's the handle they can find us on? It's at Blast Arsenal Pod. It is at Blast Arsenal Pod. So, uh, again, make sure you follow us on there. Uh, and, uh, you know, at the moment, we're approaching, literally in a matter of days, the transfer window. So we'll talk transfers uh, and transfer targets in a moment. But I'm sure during the month of January, there'll be lots of highs, lows, uh, uh, you know, a conversation that we have on there to, to get people's feedback, input and opinion. So, as I say, make sure you follow us everywhere you can. Um, but this episode is all about... Brighton v Arsenal, which was played last night uh, at the Amex Stadium, uh, and it turned out to be a very good result for us, Diddley, didn't it? It was a 1-0 win. Um, it did. The old school, 1-0 to the Arsenal. That's it. We, we shut up shot. We managed to get the uh, we managed to get the, the clean sheet, which is you know a feat in itself. Um, but two wins on the spin, and things are starting to move in the right direction. Um, as we do in, in typical fashion, should we talk through who made the lineup and the formation? That always seems like a, a good place to start. Yeah, well, uh, we were unchanged uh, apart from one, um, and that was a Bamian coming in, uh, yeah. in in to replace Lacazette up front. Uh, he took over the armband again from this time from Hector Bellerin. Yeah, and yeah, it was uh, back four. We got uh, Leno in goal, Tierney at left back, Hector Bello in right back, Pablo Mari in again, uh, partnering Rob Holding in the middle, Shaka Elneny in the middle with Emil Smith-Rowe, Saka and Martinelli uh, as the wide players. Yeah. Uh, were you surprised by anything there? Or it was a case of Not, did well against Chelsea to do it again against Brighton? Yeah, pretty much. Um, plus... His options are a little bit limited. Like his hand was forced last game, wasn't it? Um, yeah. With the fact he couldn't play Louise, Willian, or Gabriel. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I don't see why you would change it unless he see something significant in training to suggest that there was some fatigue in some of yeah. the players. Um, but yeah, another game soon. Uh, is it Saturday? It is Saturday, eight pm. West Brom. Yeah, so I mean they've got a little bit of a rest. Yeah. Cut a few days off or yeah, well, I mean, not so off, but of we're a playing game, yeah. Tuesday and Saturday, which is the equivalent of playing a Wednesday or Thursday, Sunday. You know, if anything, it's more rest than they'd had in, in previous weeks when we had the Europa League campaign running. Yeah. Uh, and we've sort of flipped back and forth between wanting Arsenal to play as a back four or a back three uh, with wing backs. Um, do you think he's settled on on this lineup, or do you think that's oh sorry this formation, or do you think that's based on the the lineup of the personnel he's available to to choose from? He's kind of just making the best of what he's got. Uh, I think a bit of both, and you know also taking into account the opposition. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean they rarely play with too uh, too many forwards. I don't think they they didn't have any out. They were playing with three attacking midfielders, I think, instead of having Neil Morpy up front. Yeah. They are probably scared um, he got wallops by the Arsenal team. Well, yeah. Um, but, yeah, you, you're right. I think they played with a back 
Uh, they play with the back three and then did, four across did. the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and two two up top. Um, and I guess what they maybe didn't have, which we've had to deal with in the past, is some of that aerial presence. Um, oh God, I can see his face and I can't even remember his name. Uh, no, it's escaped me. Glenn Murray. There you go. We always had to deal with Glenn Murray. He was brilliant in the air. We always had issues yeah. with him. Um, and as you say, in defence, they've had um, uh, Dunk, I forget his first name. Um, Lewis. Lewis Dunk, thank you. I've not had my wheat bits this morning. Uh, and they had that giant at the back as well, um, Burn, who had not seen yeah. before. He was like uh, Peter Crouch height. He was huge, heads and shoulders above everyone else. And what made me laugh with that was there was a corner and it had um, Hector Bellerin. Hector Bellerin. It's like he was tickling his belly button. Honestly, it was ridiculous. Uh, What were they doing there? Um, So, luckily, that didn't come to anything in the end. Yeah. But, um, no, I I, I was pleased with the lineup. You know, they'd done well before um, in that Chelsea game, and obviously they did well in this game too. What were your thoughts on Aubameyang and his performance? Yeah, a little bit rusty, a little bit. Second half, I thought he did a bit better, a um, bit more effort as well. I don't know. It's a funny one, isn't it? We all, we're all rejoicing when he signed the contract. I've seen mm. some stuff recently saying, oh, maybe we, you know, maybe we, they made the wrong decision. Maybe uh, we should cash in on him now. But I, I think he'll come good because yeah. form is temporary and class is permanent. So Yeah, especially when you're that good. You know, mm. uh, and he's not had the service, has he? Really? No, no. But there was a there was a little bit more for him today, uh, yesterday, um, due to having Emil Smith Rowe and Saka and Martinelli backing him up. Mm. Yeah, there are a few opportunities what? though that he, and it wasn't his fault. There are a few opportunities making some really good off the ball runs where he was almost running in between the two defenders, where there was a massive gap. You know, the defenders, yeah. the central defenders, were too far apart. Um, and I guess just typical of our midfield, really, where you've got Xhaka and Elneny playing back yeah. sideways. And there's just yeah. this massive gap the size of an aeroplane runway in between the you know the middle of the pitch right down to the Brighton goal. And so many times you could see Aubameyang making that run like he was going to, you know, you know they say like strikers make that curved run where they kind of yeah. come very horizontally and then they, all of a sudden they run towards the goal in a vertical fashion. There were lots of those opportunities where the right player would have played the right pass. He would have been in. And mm. I, I think a Ceballos or even a David Luiz, he likes to play a long ball from the back like that. Um, so is it a service thing? Yeah, quite, quite possibly actually, but he doesn't seem to have the confidence. I mean, there were a number of opportunities where he went through and uh, almost Henri-esque style, you know, where he was going to bottom left hand corner. His shooting was very wayward and very uncharacteristic mm. of him to skew it closer to the corner flag than, you know, than on, on target. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's a guy that lacks confidence, really. I mean, maybe he just had, a, had an off night. I mean, he scored just prior to him getting a, picking up an injury, didn't he? So, yeah. I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he'll come good again. Yeah. Do you think I saw some suggestions that um, from fans that sort of said 
you know, beginning of the season, Lacazette got three and three, and then for no reason he was dropped. Mm-hmm. And he had to fight his way back into the lineup. Um, do you think that maybe Aubameyang would benefit from being dropped and having to, I don't know if try a bit hard is the wrong phrase to use, because it's not like he's not trying, but I don't know, reinvigorate his hunger to want to come back and and do more? Or would that destroy his confidence? Is he that sort of player? Because you say he's not low on confidence usually. <sighs> Yeah, it's a tricky one. I, I think um, he's had a couple of games out already. I, I would just persevere at the moment, sticking yeah. back in. I mean, these this run of games that we've got are sort of teams that are in and around us, sort of all below us. So I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he'll get an opportunity and he'll take it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I hope so. And as you say, class is is permanent, isn't it? So yeah. uh, he's never not sort of. Uh, produced the goods wherever he's been. Um, but but overall, it was a pretty even match. We had a couple of opportunities where we um, played with fire. Um, you know, a yeah. couple of chances that Brighton had that a better team would have punished us. But, yeah. um, you know, the, the stats would suggest it was quite an even game. Obviously, it was only 1-0, but um, Brighton had 13 shots to our 11, but we had three on target. They only had two. Uh, completed passes were quite similar, you know, just over 400. Um, uh, yeah, it was but, all, all quite nice the first half. I thought uh, both teams were just knocking it about, not mm-hmm. really doing too much with it. Yeah, nice football, you know, sideways, back, part, yeah, keep the ball a little bit like, I mean, El, El Nenny was the epitome of that, to be honest. I thought um, he winds me up sometimes. Sometimes the amount of times where where it's sort of over on one side of the pitch, it gets worked to him, and instead of going forwards or switching the play more, he'll play it back. Yeah. To Holding or Leno, and yeah. Then we're then we've got to start all over again. I, I just don't understand, unless it's an instruction, what he's trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. I I wonder. I mean, there, there's that phrase, recycle the ball, isn't there? You know, uh, don't lose it, get it, just keep it amongst the team. But I think we've spoken about it before, you know, Arsene Wenger used to, one of his drills was to get the ball from back to front as quickly as possible. And they'll do that in training. There isn't that urgency in our team, is there? And as you say, Onenny epitomises it. My worry with him, though, is he receives the ball with his back to the opposition uh, a lot. So he doesn't know if someone's about to clatter him or rip the ball off him. Uh, and that, that does worry me sometimes because I think it's all right if you're facing your own goal and you're going to pick the ball up, fine, you got the ball. But two seconds later, if, you, you know, if you're not in your game, somebody can steal it off you and run off with it. And at one point, that nearly happened, didn't it? Because he had the ball yeah. and then he, he, he kind of gave a really weak, nothing pass. And I, I don't remember which player it was, but one of the Brighton players intercepted it and luckily was greedy and shot over the bar. But yeah. those little things yeah. where you can get punished against the better opposition. Mm. Um, for me, you know, that's where we need an upgrade as well. Whether it's Thomas Party coming back in or another player. Yeah. That, um, we look at either in January or the summer. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, Thomas Party coming back would definitely be an upgrade. But I think he, we bought him to be that upgrade anyway. So to me, that's that's nothing extra. I think we need Party as a starting midfielder and we need an upgrade to come and sit beside him 
you know, strengthen that yeah. spine again. Um, because, all right, Jack has scored a nice free kick, but that soon went, you know, been and, been and gone. He had a free kick yesterday and it just, I think he hit it over the bar, didn't he? Um, you can't dine on, out on that forever, especially with his track record. So we'll come on to... Um, We'll come on to transfer rumours in a moment, but uh, I think you're right. We do need someone someone against him. Someone that can, uh, I don't know, be like a dog chasing a ball or something. <laughs> can, you, can you hear the dog bark? Can you little dog? Woof, woof. Yeah, that's sorry. fine. No, don't, don't apologise. Yeah, look. Um, Amazon Prime. Yeah. I don't like watching games on there. I don't know about you. I've seen really mixed reviews, uh, but I've actually seen quite a lot of positive reviews. People like Amazon Prime, but don't like some of the commentators. I have to say, I'm quite old school. I just like, uh, I like Sky Sports. I, you know, I used to hate Gary Neville as a kid growing up. Uh, I used to hate Jamie Carragher, but actually as pundits, they're pretty good. I, I don't like Martin Tyler. He's a Man United fan, you know, closet Man United fan. Um, but you know you get good and bads everywhere. But what is it about Amazon Prime that you don't like watching football on? The commentary, the buffering. Uh, yeah, the commentary, the buffering, the crowd noise. Uh, uh, yeah, what a fake crowd noise. I think's not a patch on Sky Sports what they're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, at one point there was a few tackles flying in. I thought maybe they you don't get VAR on Prime either. Oh right, they don't show it. <laughs> well, it it took until the second half to to see a, a VAR yeah. use. Yeah. And obviously it was a penalty against us, I think, um, for handball or a yes, foul or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Any other moments in the first half that caught your eye? Not really. It was. Uh, it was pretty boring, wasn't it? It was quite a dull affair. I thought the first 10 minutes, like you say, it was nice, nice, and we were keeping the ball. And I thought, we're, we're, you know, we've, we've got a foothold in this game early on. This is good. I hope we build on it. And then after that first like seven, 10 minutes, it was all Brighton for another 10, 15 minutes. And I was thinking, no oh, shit. Well, there's our good uh, fortune from the Chelsea match out the window. I can see what's going to happen here. Um, yeah. As you say, it was a bit nothing there wasn't really any major major talking points um uh, and we got to half time and it was you know sometimes you get to half time in a match and it's like oh half time already that went quick because it was so mm. entertaining well this got to half time and i was like oh yeah it's only half time yeah it wasn't yeah, i was quite much. i was quite pleased though i think um when half time came yeah because it seemed like they needed the talking to and it looked like they got one because second half i thought they came out we were much more high energy, uh, quicker passing, um, and immediately made a few chances in the first couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah, much, much better. And, um, you know, came out with with real purpose, didn't they? Uh, Yeah, Um, Emile Smith-Rowe being the catalyst, I think, uh, give and goes, uh, starting things off, and, and Martinelli and Saka getting involved, and that eventually sort of created a chance for Aubameyang. I think yeah. and um yeah Saka sort of broke free I think it was and crossed it yeah this was from a, the right for wasn't Aubameyang. it I think Saka because he was playing on the right wing he he ran 
past the defender who I forget who it was. Or you say put a cross in, and it was one of those where you think, oh, he's going to score, he's going to score. And, I couldn't uh, believe he didn't, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it was like, I, I, it's one of those where you say, is it an amazing save or is it a, a, a miss from a striker? I've watched it a few times and I don't think it's an amazing save. The yeah. guy kind of sits himself down onto his knees or one knee and it just hits him really, doesn't That's it? the best, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. A couple of inches either side of his leg and it's a goal. Um mm. Uh, so yeah that's a uh, tough gig but that that was the start of things to come I think you know of the yeah. positivity talking of Emil Smith Rowe I feel sorry for him because I think on any other day we'd be going Whew, Emil Smith Rowe was amazing you know he chased everything down you say he was the heart of all the the, the, the one twos and, and getting into good spaces and seeing good passes and it's, but unfortunately he was overshadowed by Saka who was Unbelievable. Two man of the match performances in a row. Um, and yeah, he's the you know the talk of the town at the moment, isn't he? The, on everyone's minds. Yeah. It got me thinking too earlier in the season where he he obviously got into the England team, didn't he? But there was the selection before that where he didn't make it into the England team. And everyone was like, how have you not chosen Saka? What, you, you're mad. And eventually chose Southgate chose him, and uh, I'm sure he will for for future um, call-ups because he's, he's, it was unbelievable. But it's almost like now you're finally seeing what us Arsenal fans have been seeing for so long because yeah, so good. And then the turn of pace for the goal, I mean, we may as well talk about the goal. Yeah, was I mean there were a few chances before that. Um, Martinelli had a chance. Bamiang had a chance. Uh, and then there was one, you know, Saka. Should have pulled it back. I think he sort of wormed his way into the area and he didn't. Um, yeah. And got it went out. But uh, this time Lacazette comes on <clears throat> within sort of 20, 30 seconds. Yeah. Saka spins away from the defender, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, shows pace and power, gets beyond the right back or the left back. Uh, sorry. And yeah. Makes the right decision this time, pulls it back. Yeah, and it was a nice touch by Lacazette to not shoot first time, but to set himself. And uh, it curls the ball just perfectly round the defender yeah. and into that bottom corner. Um, literally couldn't have placed it anywhere else to score. And it, it was fantastic. And that's where I think Lacazette yeah. gets um, overshadowed sometimes. People forget he's actually a very good shooter of the ball. He you know, strikes the ball so cleanly, so much power and precision. He just... Maybe doesn't get yeah. himself into those goal-scoring chances enough. Yeah, I think uh, from what he's been asked to do, you know, with the work rate, dropping deep and doing this and that, sometimes he, he's not able or... Too far away yeah. from the action by that point. Yeah, he's just a bit off the pace when it comes... And sometimes you want your striker to just focus on that, just yeah. do that. And yeah. I think with Aubameyang on the pitch as well, He's maybe able to do that a little bit. Um, the pressure's not just on him to to do all that work to mm. to get in those positions. So, but yeah, beautiful finish. It was, and and to be fair, it was a lovely turn by um, Saka as the ball came into him, instantly spun mm. uh, out off his foot, and I I didn't realise he had such pace. I mean, I don't know if it was a slow defender or he was that quick, but he seemed to like ghost past him so fast. Mm. And to put a cross in with his right foot, which is obviously his weaker foot, but still 
he's done that a few times. Like, was it against Liverpool? He may have done something similar where he jockeyed a defender to make it look like he was going to go on his left and then turned it in with his right and put a nice low cross into it may have been two or Bamiyang actually I can't remember but we've got a real talent on our hands in him in Martinelli and in Emil Smith-Rowe um, and um, yeah you know I'm, I'm excited to see where, where we go with this uh, and, and, and what what use we make of them after the transfer window and when the likes of a Willian is back and uh you know, I guess some of the more senior players. Yeah, my uh, my worst fears almost sort of came true. Uh, he was getting kicked about quite a lot and I was starting to worry about the overuse of him and, and how much we we're relying on him uh, yeah. and the fact that he is a, the target now for defenders and midfielders, uh, giving him a good kick and he went down injured and it looked did. bad, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Um I don't know. Hopefully it's not. He came back on. Uh, he tried to run it off, but I think came off as a precaution. Hopefully yeah. it was all smiles in the stands at the end. So yeah. can't have been that bad. Think, no, hopefully it wasn't that bad because yeah. well, I think if it was, it'd be on the treatment table straight away. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, I, I suppose that, that's the problem when you're you're no longer an unknown quantity. You know, once you've proven yourself yeah. a little bit, people are after you. Um, but yeah, that was potentially a slight blemish on the game, but did did well. Um, let me ask you about some other players then. Um, okay. So we've got Leno. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just didn't keep you up east with his knees in the box. Yeah. Cold as ice, you know, didn't mind. Yeah, well, that's him, isn't it? Uh, maybe got away with that one. I think so. I think so. But, you know, again, I thought he had a good game. He made some good stops. Uh, the ball seemed to stick to him a little bit yeah. as well when he got down, um, pull, pulling it back into his body. I, I, I like what I, what I saw of him. Mm. And against Chelsea as well, obviously he made the penalty save. Yeah. Yeah, it's good when you've got a keeper that you have confidence in. And I, mm. I do think he lost his way a little bit at one point, but um, sometimes it's that adversity that does make you a better player when you, you, you learn from your mistakes, don't you? You know, um, look at me. I, I, you know, didn't pass my driving test for the first four times, but on the fifth time I'd remembered all those mistakes I made. And yeah, well, the first one don't count. I turned up three hours late, but uh, you know, four times. yeah, we, we'll go to that another time, but it's the example right. that's important here. Yeah, we will. <laughs> the example that he, he's learned from whatever mistakes he'd uh, he's made um, so that was good and then yeah. the blossoming partnership in, in defence of Pablo Mari and Rob Holden mm. um, Pablo Mari looked assured again I thought he did quite well yeah I, I think they suit each other uh, he's, he's also a little bit no nonsense in that way, the same as Rob Holden is. I don't think they like to muck around with it too much. Yeah. Give it to someone who can who can pass the ball better. Yeah. But yeah, I think in these games where there is an aerial threat, uh, Pablo Amari is probably someone that you or, or Arteta should be looking to play more regularly. Yeah. I know um, that. Sorry, go on, mate. Yeah, I don't, I don't know whether he. I would choose him over Gabriel. Yeah, yeah, and that was that's what I was about to say. You know, Arteta does like yeah. balance. He likes a left foot and a right foot. 
Mm. And if you're going to play a left foot, I think Gabriel is the stronger of the two. But my question was going to be, could he play two left backs together? Well, not left backs, but sorry, left footed centre backs together. Yeah, that comes down to how comfortable one of them is playing on that right hand side. Some some left footed players prefer it. Um, mm. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I honestly I don't know until I see it. But uh, yeah, they could. They definitely could in a three. One yeah. of them in the middle. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you, you know, right footers are more common, and there's plenty of teams that play two right footers. So why would you not play two left footers? I guess you know. That's, yeah. That's yeah. Just the way it goes. Um, but they're they're doing well. And you know what? I actually feel a bit sorry for Rob Holden because I think. I think the fact that he came from Bolton for two million pounds yeah. kind of yeah. paints him with a different brush to other other defenders. You know, I think he doesn't get the credit he deserves if he'd come from no. even if he'd come from I don't know uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers or he'd come from uh, a Leeds United or some somewhere that was a slightly a bigger club. I think he'd be getting more credit. But for some reason, everyone thinks yeah, but it's Rob Holder two million from from Bolton. I think he's performed brilliantly, and I love his no-nonsense defending. Yeah, and he, he's he's okay on the ball as well, you know. Um, I think there are better out there, but uh, yeah, he's not too bad. Uh, yeah, he is. He's underrated. I think he, he sort of he gets uh, how he's been overlooked for England when with some of the centre backs that they have let um, given a cap to. You know, I don't think it's quite right. Uh, yeah, yeah. My worry with Rob is every time he starts to get some game time, he seems to pick up an injury that keeps him out for, a, you know, a good good period of time. Um, so I don't know. And, and I guess my other question and, and thought was, if Gabriel's if we're playing four at the back and Gabriel's your starting left centre back, who is your starting right centre-back at this moment in time? Who would you choose if everyone was fit? Well, at, the, at this moment in time, it's Rob Holden, isn't it? Um, but it's no secret that the, the club are looking, despite the, we've got William Saliba, we are looking to sign another mm-hmm. right-sided centre-back. Yeah, yeah. Can you, can you understand that? I can, because... I do feel that on the ball and the way that we're playing around at the back and being progressive from the back, that we're probably looking at someone who's a bit more assured on the ball, maybe yeah. a little bit more height, maybe as well. Yeah. I, I don't know if that player who or who that player is. Yeah. Um, I mean, but if, you'd like to think it was William Saliba, seeing as we paid thirty million for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, time will tell, but it doesn't look like it's going to be this season if that is the case. Mm. And I, I suppose I was thinking you like to have two players at least for every position. And if we've got, let's look at on the left side, it's easier because we've got two left footers in Gabriel and then a, a, as backup as Pablo Mari. And yeah. then, you know, I guess for, for the right, you've got Rob Holden and at the minute, David Luiz. That would assume we're going to get rid of Mustafi, Socrates, Callum Chambers is probably on his way out. He's not played any football recently. I I, I think Callum Chambers will probably go in this January transfer window, yeah. at, at least yeah. on, a, on a loan somewhere. Yeah. Which then, as you say, then leaves 
um, Saliba, who's going out on loan as well, probably. Yeah. So if Saliba's a longer-term prospect and David Luiz's contract runs out at the end of this year, or end of this season, sorry, um, which means he'll be gone, we do need another right centre-back if, if all those defenders are all of a sudden just going to up and leave. Yeah. Um, you know, to rival Rob Holding for that starting position. And if we get someone yeah. now... And they have six months transition into England, English football, if it is from overseas, then I can kind of understand it that that would make sense to to do that. But let's say we'll come on to transfers in a second because there's other uh, sort of rumours that have cropped up since we recorded last. Um, right, yeah. Any other points on this particular match you want to talk about? I thought, again, the fullbacks had a good game. Um, it, it is it a coincidence that they've got two different players in front of them? Maybe, maybe yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought Hector did well. Again, I know he's had a bit of stick, but showed some good recoveries. He got forward well. Even late on, he, he nearly found himself through on goal, didn't he? Yeah, he was a um, bit like, ah, I don't know what to do. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, but, but good game management. He sort of ran it into the corner, wait for people to come. Yeah. You know, that's... That you know, for, for all your faults as a player, and we'll use him because he's had a lot of stick recently. It's things like that, the experience to run down the clock and kill a bit of time in the corner. Yeah. You know, I, I actually thought that was one of his better games for Arsenal, mm-hmm. um, offensively and defensively. Yeah. And on the other side, Kieran Tierney is, you know, he's, he must be one of the starters' uh, first names on on the the team sheet because he's so consistent. Some of the balls he was putting in. Mm. across it so you know he, he has this ability he's not the quickest player because I've seen him get beat a few times um, against Wolves I think Adama Traore yeah. so breezed past him quite quickly and someone else did the other week but yeah when he's attacking he just sort of drops his shoulder and skips past, past. Yeah, yeah he skips past the, the right back and he's he's able to get across in and yeah and he's, you know, he's good the other way as well. He's the defensive side of his game is pretty solid. Mm. I mean, in this day and age, we only got him last season for 25 million. That was a yeah. snip, isn't it? When you look it at the was, performances yeah. we've got, it, it's a snip. Really, really good buy. Um, and I don't know whose idea it was to go there and get him, but um, yeah, very, very astute signing. And I have to say, mm. it wasn't necessarily that that got me thinking about this, but more. Going back to Saka, where he's had two man-of-the-match performances in a row, English, it got me thinking, we signed him to a long-term contract, thank God, but what's his value in this transfer market at the moment? That's a good question. Thanks. Every now and again, I have them. Yeah, uh, (laughs) you've got to be looking at around, when you see what some players are going for, and they're, they're not anywhere near as talented, and they're a little bit older, Upwards of 50 million. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I think you might be right. Um, I did see a stat which said only two players under the age of 21 have provided 10 plus assists in a top five European league and European competition since the start of last season. First one on the list, Jaden Sancho, uh, who had 23. And the only other one, Bukayo Saka with 12. Mm-hmm. 
Now, uh, that's half of Sancho's numbers, clearly, and he's not as experienced as him. But Sancho was linked with United for 100 million, 120 million, something like that. So, yeah, yeah. You know, like you say, you're, you're pushing north of uh, of 50 million for someone like Saka. And let's just remember, this is a hypothetical question because he signed a new contract. He's not going anywhere. And he seems to love playing at the club with his friends. You know, that that's quite nice. You could see the embracing after the game of all of the, the Arsenal youngsters. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, really impressed with, with the whole team at the moment. And uh, long may it continue, I think. Um, right, we have got some listener questions on the back of these. So shall we do those now and then we can do transfers after? Yeah, let's that, do it. That work for you? Good stuff. We've got a few. We only put the message out this morning. Um, so let's have a look. So the first one is from Mark Tyler, who's on Twitter at Mark Gibbons 4. He says, is Pablo Mari good enough to be a regular starter alongside either Holding or Gabriel? I like him, and I think he should get more game time. I mean, we'll just briefly discuss some of that now, but would, would you say he is a starting lineup quality? Or is it even too early to tell because we've not seen enough of him? He's, he's certainly not done his chances any harm, has he? I don't think. Uh, and like, like I've said before, different tools for different jobs. I think when we're playing a team that have got pace in abundance, from those sort of mid to wide areas, say Wolves, for example, they're, they're quite pacey on, on the wings yeah. with uh, Pedro Neto and Adama Traore. I think maybe that's where he, you know, he sort of lacks, lacks the pace. that little bit of pace. So yeah. he, he does read the game well, but I do do worry for him in those situations where he could get bypassed quite easily. Yeah. Whereas a, against, a Gabriel yeah. would have the strength and probably the pace to uh, deal yeah. with something like that a bit better. I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. But for, yeah. for a team that likes to cross it a lot, he's probably good. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I think he's got to be someone that you're looking at playing, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, I think we both agree with Mark. He's, oops, he's, uh, he's definitely a, a player that will get more and more games. Yeah. And I think if we were able to cross the ball and beat the first man on the on corners and set pieces, he might yeah. get a few headed goals as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Okay, thanks for that, Mark. Next one from uh, Artessary, who's at George Hulu. Uh, and he or she says, can Elneny please fake an injury for us one of these days? He's given the ball away far too easily. No matter the attacking signing we make this January, Emil Smith-Rowe should be given a fair chance. He's not, oh, sorry, he's got nothing to prove, just doing what is necessary. Also clear off Pepe. <laughs> so like a three, three, parts, uh, three parts to that question. So, you know, can I please fake an injury for us one of these days? He's given the ball away too easily. We just spoke about that earlier, didn't we? Yeah. Um, I don't know if he gives the ball away a lot. He, I mean, we mentioned he did on that one particular incident. It's just he doesn't really do a lot with it. Like you say, it's too no. tidy, it's too neat. And sometimes that's good. And we've, we've praised him for that on, on this podcast in the past. But when you're in a team like ours that just needs some penetration and, and something exciting to happen... Passing it backwards and sideways isn't the way to do that. And sometimes you could pause it when he's got the ball and look at his options and that forward pass is on mm. and he won't make it for whatever reason. Yeah. And that, that's what's frustrating about him. I think his best place in this Arsenal team is coming on as a 70th, 75th minute game substitute yeah. when you want to just close the game out, keep the ball ticking over, 
mm. you know, and, and you know, you might be three nil up, two one up, whatever, and, and just want to win the game. Yeah, uh, you could be right there. Thank you. I it's mean, pretty, he was he complex. was nowhere. Ni- he was nowhere near the the, t- the side, was he? He was out on loan. I thought his career was done. Yes, yeah, went to Besiktas, was it? Yeah, and you know, he's due to our lack of options, found himself playing quite a lot. Mm. Mm. Playing a lot more than I thought he would. Yeah, I mean, Arteta did say previously he'd bring good energy to the team. I mean, it's quite a nothing comment, good energy, but. There was a point yesterday in the game, he must have been told to go forward or he just got bored and did it anyway. But he was closing down the front three, uh, which, well, you know, I thought, well, fair play to you. But I also thought, what are you doing up there? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah. I think he's, he's one of those players with good intentions. And if, uh, you know, if he uses what he's got the right way and we use what he's got the right way, he'll be useful. But as I, said, I don't think in attacking player is is what he's going to turn into and yeah. on that note to to go with Arteta's next point where he says no matter the attacking signing we make this January and Mr Smith Rowe should be given a fair chance I couldn't agree more and I think again this is giving him the opportunity to show everyone what he can do yeah um yeah I'm I'm pleased for him and, and what he's doing uh I do <clears> think it's a big ask for someone that age to to do it week to, in yeah. week out until yeah. the end of the season so if we can bring someone in to help him out, that Don't would be good. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's enough games that, that he will play, you know, enough enough games. So Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, uh, let's have a look who else have we got here. Uh, and Cannon Chatter, my friend Stephen, at Cannon Chatter. He, he doesn't have a question, he just has a comment, which is wishing you all a very safe and happy new year. Thank you very much, Stephen. And to you. And Thank to you. Yeah. Yes. Same. Appreciate you. Uh, right. Well, that's all our questions I think we got this week. So we only put it out about an hour ago, which was nice and awkward. Um, so shall we talk West Brom game quickly? Yep. So that is West Brom Arsenal on the 2nd of Jan. So that'll be our first game of 2021. 8 p.m. at the Hawthorns. Do you think he'll go with a uh, similar lineup to what we've got now? Because we now know that Gabriel's actually contracted COVID. He's self-isolating. He won't be back. But I think David Luiz and Willian might be. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, what do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, you might want to. Will you want to give Saka a rest, for example? Yeah, I, I, I would maybe rest him for this one especially if he's picked up a knock mm. um big, big sam's teams aren't like the nicest teams are they no i'm sure he'll get them get Probably. them going and stuff yeah. uh, and there's you know they've got some big guys as well so yeah it might be a game to to take him out the side other than that i probably wouldn't change too much else would you and i might get pelters for this but would you start Willian on the right or on the left, we can talk about that in a minute, but actually take Gabriel Martinelli out for the starting lineup and put him on the subs bench to come on, just given that he's had two big games, one after another, on the back of his no, injury. No, I'd, I'd probably do it the other way around. I think you'd start with with some positivity and, and that energy. 
And again, if, if things are going well or, or he's looking tired, then bring him off 60, 70 minutes. Yeah. But I don't think Williams deserves to walk straight back into the team. Really, no. Well, I, I, and that kind of links me to my next question. I mean, Pepe was a sub yesterday, not a new sub at that. Mm. Where does he fit into this? And is West Brom his chance to come back then? I mean, is he fighting with Willian for that Saka position? Yeah, the youngsters have given him a problem, haven't mm. they? Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, if he doesn't buck his ideas up and, and put some effort in and some performances in that he's someone that we could cash in on this summer. Yeah, to cut our losses and yeah, because I just there's a lot of players leaving the club as it is, and they're sort of either going for free or they won't command much of of a fee. We've got to look to bring in some funds from somewhere, and I think maybe him, maybe Shaka are the two that could still get north of thirty million. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, there's definitely a lesson to be learned here for us, isn't there? On the back of Jovino yeah. coming from Lille and, uh, uh, you know, Ivory Coast International uh, and Nicolas Pepe, exactly the same, Ivory Coast International from Lille. Uh, neither of them have really worked out in their time uh, and we paid a lot of money for, for both of them. So there's uh, there's a lesson to be learned from from that, I think, isn't there? Um and I think you're right. I mean, there's a couple of players that have been um, spoken about. We'll come on to transfers in a minute, but Jacko is one. Mm. Uh, and actually, Willian is another, isn't it? They've spoken about, uh, there's rumours that Arteta's thought, you know what? This hasn't worked out how I thought it would. Let's just let you go. That's a rumour. I wonder whether he'll actually try and persist with him. Because you don't become a bad player overnight, do you? You know, and especially if you're in a struggling team. So, mm. with the right players around him, will he do better? You Tough know. one. Yeah. Um, we've just not seen enough, have we, to give us any sort of hope that, that no. he can turn it around. Uh, you just got to go on sort of what he was doing for Chelsea still. And I don't think he's got anywhere near that level yet. No. No, I think you're right. Now, West Brom, uh, 19. 19- yeah. Out of their last six games, yeah. they've drew two, lost three. Um, Sam Allardyce literally yesterday came out and said, I'm 66 years old uh, and there's a lot of COVIDs going around at the minute, especially amongst Premier League players and staff. I think it's 18 that have been confirmed in the last round of testing. Uh, mm-hmm. And he has come out and said, look, I think maybe we should just pause football for a bit because if I get ill, it's going to be harder for me to recover for it, from it than it will for one of these uh, football players. Um, so there's there's a big debate going on about that at the moment. But conversely, I think, is it Solskjaer that's come out and said, no, I don't want to stop football um, because his team are on a good run. And I guess you don't want to disrupt that rhythm. So yeah, what's your thoughts? Do you think we could benefit from having a, a bit of a break? Or do you think we should keep going? Because we're one of those teams that are now on a good run. Yeah, well, we've just started winning, haven't we? So I, I think people's health and well-being is paramount uh, above everything. Yeah. Um, this COVID's not to be taken lightly at all. And if there is a problem at the minute, yeah, hitting the pause button for a, a week or two, I can't see it having 
too much of an effect, to be honest. On the teams, you mean, or on COVID? Uh, on the teams. Yeah. Um, on having a break, you know. Uh, what? Uh, I, I just think it, it can't be a bad thing, can it? Um, yeah, it's a bit like an international break, isn't it? And I don't know if they've been canned completely or or, or if they're continuing as normal. Um, if there's one due, they should think about not doing that. Yeah, and have the break for that, shouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. because, I, so. I mean, the fact that it's even more high, high risk, uh, all the travelling involved yeah. and, and yeah. meeting up with different groups from different leagues and stuff like that, I just, yeah. it seems idiotic that they would even consider it, but unfortunately, that's, <laughs> that's where we're at. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, West Brom have obviously played uh, 16, like everyone else, or most of us, this season. Uh, they've only won one, drew five, lost 10. They've conceded 24 goals. Um, or Sorry, they've got a goal difference of 24. They've actually conceded 35 goals. Is this one that's going to be a banana skin for us because we've not got a particularly good record against Sam Allardyce as a manager? Or, I mean, those stats are largely from the Slavin Bilic West Brom and not the Sam Allardyce West Brom. So... We take that with a pinch of salt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is a game that is a potential banana skin. I think um, there's there's no sort of more dangerous animal than a wounded one. Yeah. Um, but I think if we go there with the right attitude and the right energy and you know sort of commitment, we'll get a result. Leeds hammered them last night. 5-0. Yes, you know. that's right. They're not great defensively, but they do give energy, commitment, and, you know, if we do that with these young lads, I think we can get the game won early on and just sort of get it under control after that. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and you know what? For a team that's conceded 35 goals, maybe it is a good game for the likes of a William and a Pepe to have some involvement because... You know, I, I guess West Brom are going to sit back and part the bus because that's their style, uh, hit on the counter or set piece. But um, if it's a team that's conceded that many goals, you know, maybe this is a bit of a confidence booster, even for the likes of Aubameyang as well, you know, chance to score a few. Um, and, and, you know, yeah, and start, I, start I again. Think, I think for those players like William and Pepe, you know, if they do get a chance in this game that, they, they need to seriously think about whether they whether they want a future at the club or not. Yeah. Um, Emil Smith Rowe yesterday interviewed after the game, and I'm paraphrasing, but basically he said how honoured and I happy he is yeah. to be playing for the club. Um, you know. But sometimes you get that not saying that it's PR not. bullshit. Do you not think? Sorry to cut across you there. Yeah. Sorry. No. What did you say? I was saying you, you you get the impression he really means it. There's a genuine feeling to that, and it's not PR bullshit for an interview. Oh. Yeah, hundred percent. Um. So I think yeah, and you just think, you know, come on, like, surely you can you can see that and see what a big club that you're at. Yeah. How much do you really want it? Yeah, you know, I, I just, it winds me up. But I just hope they turn the corner. If they don't, mm. it's time to get rid, I think. Yeah, at some point you have to make that decision, don't you? All right, so we've got West Brom on Saturday. Uh, then we've got the following Saturday, uh, an FA Cup game against 
Newcastle United. Uh, but then the week after that, on the Thursday, it's Arsenal against Palace. And the reason I look ahead to that game is that they're currently one position behind us and one point behind us. So um, as we're starting to play teams that are, are near us, it's important that we pick up you know, good results against them. So yeah. we do need maximum points against West Brom and we do against Crystal Palace, really. So we can start pulling away a little bit. One stat that, that blew my mind and made me feel a lot better is Arsenal are now in 13th. Um, you know, close to relegation, supposedly. Yet um, Spurs are only six points ahead of us. Chelsea are only mm. six points ahead of us. You know, Man City, six points ahead of us. So um, things can soon start to look very different when you pick up a few a few wins, doesn't it? Yeah. Definitely. So, um, good. All right. Well, obviously, we'll be back to review that game on Monday uh, and uh, look ahead to the FA Cup match. Yeah. Right, mate. Should we uh, wrap up with some transfer rumour discussions? Yeah, sure. What have you got for us this week? Well, I think the biggie that caused uh, quite a bit of a stir yesterday on our Twitter feed was Diego Costa. Mm. Uh, uh, briefly linked to us uh, he's had his contract cancelled at Atletico Madrid uh, uh, he's today he's been linked with Wolves and I can I could see that one happening to be fair because yeah. they, they need a centre forward yes I do um, yeah uh, how do you feel about him whether it's true or not yeah uh, it's such a tough one because you have to try and take the emotion of the fact that he's been such a dick towards our club um you know there's been plenty of incidents where he's played dirty you know kicking players stamping players scratching players whatever it's been uh, mm. and somehow seems to have got away with it all the time and and you know a Chelsea fan actually pointed out to me he never got red carded for um for Chelsea I don't think in all the time he was there no but he did pick up a hell of a lot of yellows and got banned for stuff that was seen after yes. a video yeah, so I mean he is that sneaky kind of guy that does yeah. stuff uh, when the ref's back's turned but he, he can't get away with that in this day and age with VAR and stuff like that no so. and that's my concern really I mean we've been hit um we've been hit by red cards of late haven't we and do we want somebody like that I don't know the, the other thing to think about of course is where does he fit into the team is he a replacement for somebody like a Lacazette? Because to me, he's not, he's completely different to an Aubameyang. You know? Yeah. yeah. Whether, look, for me, it's pretty simple whether you like his skill set and want him in or you don't. Uh, the fact that he's so divisive just tells me, no, stay, steer clear because we don't need another divisive footballer at yeah. our club. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's too many here already. Yeah, you're right. I mean, at Chelsea, he scored 52 goals in 89 appearances. Mm. But at um, Atletico, he scored 12 goals in 61 appearances. So he's really dropped off. But is that because he didn't fit into that team properly? My... No, because that's where he came from. And yeah. he's the same manager before. He's yeah. just had a rapid decline, I think. Um, yeah. I think he's just one we shouldn't you know, even contemplate yeah, I mean he's, he's 32 now uh, so he's no spring chicken and um, I guess the only thing that links him closely to us is the fact that whilst he plays for Spain at national level he's actually Brazilian born isn't he or Brazilian by yeah yeah Brazilian born he is yeah um, so there's that Edu 
I want to buy every Brazilian that played for Chelsea link, isn't there? That uh, could mean that he ends up coming. And of course, he's available on free transfer. You know, yeah. a club that doesn't have a lot of money. That's that's a big pull, isn't it? So uh, I, I'd I, rather have uh, if he's after Brazilians that are available on a free. I'd rather he went for Fat Ronaldo. Yeah, or Ronaldinho. Yeah, even Ronaldinho is probably yeah got a better um, skill set. All right. Well, there's one that we'll find out what happens in the next 30 odd days. But uh, I, I can't see that happening. So yeah, I'm not sure either. You never know. But, you know, he's linked. No smoke without yeah. fire, as they say. Have you got one? Uh, let's have a look. We've got a couple, actually, that we've been linked with recently. Uh, one of the more interesting ones is Isco, mm. who plays for Real Madrid. Um, and he plays for the Real Madrid team that um, Danny Ceballos can't get in. And so if we were to buy if we were to buy Isco because he can't get into that Real Madrid team either, what does that do to Danny Ceballos? You know, is he thinking, well, he's ahead of me in that team, he's going to be ahead of me in this team. What's the point of me being here? Um, but he's a player I've admired for a very long time, and he's he's definitely one of those um, I'd call him a Wenger signing almost because he's he's that you know small tricky attacking midfielder that we had an abundance at one point and now we can't buy them for love and money yeah. I just wonder whether is he past his best do you think or would a new opportunity reinvigorate him and our squad because it's only a suggested six month loan period isn't it apparently yeah uh, it looked to be that sort of put a plaster on it kind of fix um, maybe bring someone in for six months I can see that uh, that way, it doesn't affect um, Emil Smith Rowe too much either. Yeah. In in the long term, but um, I don't know. It, it's a difficult market at the moment, so going out and buying someone for fifty, sixty million could be difficult. Mm. Uh, it might have to wait till the summer. Yeah. But yeah. He's he's not the worst option, is he, to bring in on a on a short term loan deal? I think he could bring something, a bit of unpredictability, creative flair. Yeah. He, he could turn into a, a bit of a cult hero if he has a good six months. You know, maybe we, we could sign him as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely not a goal scorer midfielder. Um, no. you know, Real Madrid. He scored 36 goals and 217 appearances. But uh, I, I don't think we'd buy him. For that he would have to be the creator the chief creator mm. at that but he is only 28 uh which is a good age for a midfielder because they do say he's sort of coming into your prime in your know, 30s early 30 so um maybe it'd be the right time to pick him up and with the greatest of respect he was at malaga i think before he was at was it malaga he was out was it valencia no it was malaga yeah it was at malaga before he was at real madrid so you know, to come to Arsenal, we're still a prestigious club, probably bigger than Malaga, I'd say. And, yeah. um, you know, it could still be a, a good move for him as well. You have to think about the, how attractive it is for um, for the player. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, he can certainly pick up the phone, I'm sure, and ask uh, Danny Ceballos. He can ask Hector Bellerin. I'm sure they've been in the same Spain squad at some point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All, uh, so, there's plenty, isn't there? There's plenty of Spanish yeah. players that you could speak to. Um, so yeah, okay. Well, fingers crossed. That one, I'm I'm got my full weight behind. Um, certainly as a six month loan, it's a bit of a no brainer yeah. if that can happen. Uh, and then some of the others we've got on our list. I have to be honest, I don't know loads about. I don't know if you do. Mhm. 
Ricky Puig. Yeah. Is that one that you've yeah. got? From Barca? Um, Barcelona, yeah. Uh, it's sort of another sort of midfielder. Small stature. Looks a little bit lightweight, if you ask me. Um, a bit like Iniesta, but not as good. Yeah. I mean, he's young. He's talented. Um Again, I don't know a massive amount. I've seen bits and bobs of him. Uh, yeah. He's sort of in and out out of the Barcelona team, I think. Um, I mean, the thing with that is, I guess, something we said before, buying someone young that's good is great, but we kind of need someone to fix the issue that we've got now. And um, reports would suggest that's the reason we didn't actually go full force behind Dominic Zablasi from Leipzig. Oh, sorry, well, he's now at Leipzig. He was at Salzburg before. They felt mm. that he needed too much of an adaptation period and we need someone to come in yeah. and fix the problems and be a leader in the team, which yeah. someone like Inisco would probably do. I'm not sure a youth prospect from Barca would. No, no you're right. Thank you. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the other one was Joan Jordan from Sevilla. Again, I don't really watch much of... Joan Jordan, he's Scottish, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he... Uh, he had a fight with uh, Gattuso, wasn't it? <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, uh, Yeah. Joe Jordan. Uh, I've seen a, a bit of him as well from sort of watching La Liga. Again, not someone that uh, gets me too excited, to be honest. Yeah. Um, the age, I think he's about 26, is he? Yeah. Again, just someone steady that passes the ball about. I don't think he gets too many goals. Um, but someone that does pass it forward, I think maybe you know, I, I don't know. He it, it would be a big leap to come from La Liga to to the Premier League yeah. at 26 and hit the ground running. Yeah, I mean for me, based on all the names that we've discussed over the this podcast and the previous one, if we yeah. could get this go on loan for six months to see us through to the end of the season, and he was happy with that and didn't want to come back for a full year afterwards and, and beyond, then fine. I'd still take him on six months. And if we got someone like a Buendia or um, Brandt from Dortmund, but they were going to join in even in the summer, but we could agree it now, there'd be that transition, mm. wouldn't there, in the team? Um, who knows? And, and there's plenty of outs. I mean, obviously, we just mentioned all of our defenders likely to leave uh, that are out of contract soon. Um, did I see today was it Socrates to Fenerbahce although he's got six months left on his contract they were going to try and do something to let him go now because he nearly left in the yeah. summer didn't he so I think we're going to have a big clear out it's going to be an exciting transfer window for Arsenal fans and we'll see what happens yeah I just hope we've sort of learned our lessons of trying to do quick fixes and bringing in the wrong player uh, mm. at the wrong age I think Stick to your guns and bring in someone that's the right profile, the player that you want, uh, the right age. And, and um, you know, if it can't be done, don't force it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And wait till the summer and, um, you know, just uh, keep backing these kids. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um if the last two games have told us anything, is that we've got some quality at Hale End, and sometimes you need to give them a chance. And we spoke about this before, you know, maybe there are some of the youngsters that are not going to make it at Arsenal. 
Um, but there are some that will. And I think we've seen them in this past few games. So it's just trying to find that balance, isn't it, between youth and experience. Yeah. And actually, I'm pretty certain that's something Arteta said, wasn't it, in one of his post-match reactions. It may have been Brighton, actually, where he said, it's brilliant the youth are doing what they're doing. And I, I love playing them, but they still need the experience around them. So, you know, the game management is so important. Yeah. So, good. All right, mate. Well, that's probably our last podcast of 2020. Well, it definitely will be because the next game is not till the new year. So we take this opportunity to thank all of our listeners for their support this year. We only started at the beginning of this season and already it's been a roller coaster, but we love doing this. Um, so we hope you do too. Yeah, uh, well, thanks for your support. Uh, keep getting involved, sending us questions and, and whatever you know comes into your head. Just tweet uh, at our Blast Arsenal pod. That's it, at Blast Arsenal Pod, or you know, slide into our DMs. <laughs> Always open for you guys. Um, uh, and that's it, I think. That, that's a wrap yeah. for 2020. Stay safe, look after each other, look after yourselves, and come on, you gunners. Happy New Year. Bye. Bye. Listening to Blast from the Arsenal.